Hi there, it's Stacey Yesner with Coffee Talk. I am a little frazzled today, so I have to apologize. It's been a little bit of a crazy week, so I am not at home. I am actually at um, Asbury Court in Des Plaines. I am waiting for Doug Lee, who is We're having some family stuff going on, but I still wanted to do this. So just uh, bear with me. I'm actually in my uncle's apartment at his um, supportive living environment. So hi, Doug. How are you doing? It's great to see you. Thanks. Oh, it's oh, been a crazy, crazy few days. I know. Yeah. I heard about, man, I know you're going through a lot. It's tough. I'm, I feel for you. Thank you, but you know we're gonna we're gonna pull through. Today's actually been a really good day for my uncle. Well, it's good. Yeah. So I was just you know while we were waiting, I'm actually in his um his supportive living apartment mm -hmm. uh, right now. I came ran up here to get some quiet space and then grab a few things for him. So we uh, video chatted with his best friends from when he was growing up. So, um, because he's awake and alert and then video chatted with my brother. So, yeah, so it was good. It's been well, a good morning or day well, so far. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I know this goes without saying, but I mean, what you're doing, it just goes to show just what kind of caring individual you are, you know, even outside of work, just going above and beyond to take care of your your relatives and your family. So, you know, so I just want to acknowledge you for that. Oh, I know it's hard. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks. Yeah. So, yeah. So for those of you who um, don't know what's going on and are just uh, just uh, stopping by, uh, my uncle, um, we had to move into hospice. So it's been a little challenging here. But I want to take the opportunity to talk to my buddy, Doug, who I had the pleasure of uh, getting to know, really, we met when you uh, waited for the bus in Atlanta. That's um, right, at the retreat. Very first event at the retreat. And um, you had the worst experience with your Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, gonna kill you. Yeah. Um, again, this, there's always the warning about not bought uh, the, the, the disclaimers about Airbnb, my wife, she found a seemingly great place. And when we got there, we found out that we were in the hood. Yeah. <laughs> so she was yeah. so freaked out. We stayed there a night. She was trembling, lying next to me. I said, don't worry. The yeah. Go to um, get a new place. And then we moved to the Marriott the next day. <laughs> so then the rest is history. But at least now she's like, yeah, I should double check. <laughs> When right. they're saying that it's a integrating or, or the area is turning, then that's your one clue that maybe you should uh, select another spot. Well, but it's so, so interesting. Like, you know, as realtors, when people ask us about a specific neighborhood or an area, like, you know, we have fair housing laws that we have to adhere to and we can't really give too much background. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so it's so interesting when, you know, you make a decision about where to stay based on, you know, um, narrative that you as a realtor might or have to be careful about using, um, you know, just because of fair housing, right? You don't want to steer anyone the wrong way or anything. So it's it's just very interesting how your wife made that determination. But uh, we, you know, may know how to read into something like that. Yeah, exactly. So. You know, the the um, I think the tip that we learned is more, hey, if well, we're agents, so we could just ask other agents locally, and they'll tell us, hey, this seems like a seemingly, is this right. the right area? Then they'll know. But I know. If, you know, for most people that are not agents, it would be difficult unless they knew somebody locally right, to, right. to be able to say. So right. how's, how's real estate going for you in Chicago? How's everything going? Um, it is pretty, um, you know, buyers are having a tough time because of Winning. the lack of inventory. Um, you know, I was telling some other people, and I don't know how it is where you are in, um, in uh, Sacramento, Oh my God. It, it's no, I'm down in LA, LA, Los Angeles, LA. Pasadena. Oh my God. Yeah. Pasadena. I'm like, no, I'm saying Sacramento, but that's not correct. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Pasadena. I'm like, my brain is fried. Roadful. You've been through a lot. Yes, roadful. Right. Um, so, um, we, like, I had a client on a $200,000 property put 20%, no, 10% over asking. And mm -hmm. didn't win the property. Oh my gosh! So they're at two twenty, and they still didn't win, then, right? No. Wow. So that just tells you what the competition is mm -hmm. on that low of a price point. Oh yeah, it's fierce. Right, and yeah. so, and you know, buyers don't in that price point don't have a significant amount to put over. Mm -hmm. so, That's true. And so you just have to think about that, like no matter where you are. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, 10% is a lot to put over, mm -hmm. but, you know, and so then you have to, it's just crazy. What's it like in Pasadena? I know in other parts of LA, things are kind of a little more even. Yeah, yeah so in LA, anything below 650, 700 is kind of the first time home buyer. Um, it's the most competitive price segment because that's where you have the most number of buyers. Um, I think what's a big advantage is that my old mentor used to be the chief appraiser at his appraisal company for 10 to 15 years. So basically, you know, we pull the comps the way the appraisers do. So that's how we're able to optimize, hey, you know, the, the, the sellers are underpricing it at 500, but comps can take it up to 630. So the expectation is set right at the beginning. Uh, once we do that, then there's a couple other different variations that we can do to win the offer. We always like to say, end, the, end your offers with ones and sixes. So when everyone's offering 501, 505, 510, we're at 501, 506, 511. Um, and then when we know where the comps are, we know where it is to optimize. The big strategy that I've been employing right now with a lot of my buyers is, you know, obviously the newest properties that hit the market, you're going to have multiple offers, you're going to be in that situation. But strategically, I try and tell my buyers, hey, if the best thing that you should do, look for the properties that have been sitting on the market for a while, the ones that are 30 days or more on, on the market, because what's great about it is that there's no competition. Right. 
right. you know that the comps will support it. And then in that situation, we can actually negotiate closing cost credits for the buyer. So that way they can, when the buyer takes it down, you know, they come in with no money out of pocket, which is great for people with just enough to barely cover the FHA down payment. Right. Or, or in many cases, if they have it, there's enough that they, we can also do, um, you know, two rate, two, one rate buy down. So it really helps the lender when we give that 3% closing cost credit on top here in LA. I don't know if it's there in Chicago. It gives them a lot more flexibility on how to, how to um, get the deal done. So it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, there's there's a few properties that I like have been keeping my eye on. They're still a little over what my clients could afford, but I'm like, if it sits a little longer, then maybe we'll come in low and see if we can get them to like the top of their price point. But we'll be able to negotiate some credits or like the two-one buy-down or closing cost credits or whatever because. They're obviously priced too high. So there are some definite, you know, are in constant contact with the lender to say what is the maximum we can we can go in at in order to be able to win this for my client. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing is having that team of people that, you know, where the lender and I are in constant communication to be able to get the best um, a package for my client yeah. and say, here, this property at this price would work. Let's go in and do it. Right. So. Yeah. And, and you're totally right. I think what, one thing that we do for our buyers, I don't know you do this too. I'm just trying to share with everybody. It's like, you know, we kind of line up, we have our lenders that we work with. We know that they perform. Um, they will get, the paperwork pre-approved within 24 hours with our lenders and then our lenders they submit everything to du desktop underwriting which means that it's basically approved so and they can get everything approved within 10 days so that way when we we need that pre-approval in order to submit credible offers for the buyers on their behalf and i think what's a big advantage that i'm always trying to do with the buyers is really just set them down manage expectations and what i share with them is that you know what did I learn, you know, helping 200 buyers find their place? And when I was buying my place, I remember the two questions popped in was, well, one, I already know all the answers. But number two is that I realized that this is not my forever home. And the quicker I, when I realized that, then all of a sudden the world of possibility opened up and whatever my wife picked, I'm like, I was just looking for one or two things. As long as it satisfied that, I'm like, let's just, Let's just jump in and it's able to versus I know what really hurts a lot of buyers is when they're searching for that perfect home. And then that process then in here in the city of LA can be anywhere between five to nine months. And during that time in an upward market, like you're just waiting and then everything sells. And when it sells, it becomes the next comp, right? And when it becomes the next comp, like, Oh, you're looking here in our area, Highland park, maybe we lost out on the bid. It's closed at 750. Now, when we come back, the last comp just closed at 750. We lost on that one. Now they're going to ask 775. Right. So then we're instantly going to pay more. So when they realize that they win, it's cheaper to overpay and win it sooner than they start to. Right. Yeah, they beat the market, you know. So, right. Right. Uh, yeah. But everyone's I, different. And um, 
I was, I had a, I had something, um, and I just lost it. Oh, I mean, like today I was watching something, and um, and a lot of people have been saying this, but you know, if you buy something today and you pay a little more in interest rate, it's you're gonna save in the long run than waiting until rates come down because then the home prices are gonna go up. That's so it's the same. It's the same premise, and also. Like no home is going to be perfect as long right. as you can find a home that is at least eighty five percent what you're looking for. Yeah, you know because yeah. even a home that you build from scratch is not going to be a hundred percent perfect. Yeah, you know yeah. you're you're going to build the home to the specs that you want, and as soon as you move in, you're going to wish you would have changed something. Yeah, you're going to customize it. So. But even when you customize it, you will move in and decide you should have done something differently. So nothing is 100% perfect. Yep, yep. And the thing that's is that, like, look, you're in Chicago, I'm here in LA, but here's the fact, like, in those markets, there's plenty of jobs, there's a lot of desire, there's a lot of demand. So if you are looking for the perfect home and you lose out on this, you're gonna end up paying that price and more and the next home it may be even worse condition. So Correct. It, it's just really understanding. I mean, it's sad, but I've, I've worked with buyers where they've walked away from homes over $3,000 uh, in repairs. And then only on the next deal, they've had to pay more for the next property and they still had 4,000, 5,000, and then they had to do it then. So right. why worry about that? Then just take it down. And 3,000 is so negligible in comparison to like a, $500,000 purchase. So. Right. And if they can't afford the $3,000 in repairs, then they shouldn't be looking at the $500,000 home. Yeah. I mean, well, like I say, you know, don't let a couple thousand dollars stand in the way. No, no, no. But, want, but right? what I'm saying is, is that they're already like above. That's why I always tell my clients, like, don't, if you have to think about what you're what you feel comfortable with. Right. You know, if you're, if you're pre-approved for you know, five hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars, but you only feel comfortable with a four hundred seventy-five thousand dollar house. Mm -hmm. Then maybe we should be looking at the four fifty, so we have room. Right. If we have to pay more runway. Exactly. Five thousand dollars. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So that's like I was with buyers yesterday, mm -hmm. and um, they're only approved up to X number of dollars, mm -hmm. and they were looking at that top budget, and I said, well. You said you, I said, first of all, you can't go contingent. Like you, people aren't taking contingent offers right now. Mm -hmm. So you either need to try and get a bridge loan and sell your condo right. first or take a bridge loan because you're not ready to sell your condo and then look for a house or sell your condo or put your condo on the market and do a rent back until you find a place. But you, you can't be looking at a house until you figure out what you're going to do if you need the condo sale for your down payment. And they're like, oh, yeah. There's, the, there's a lender out there. I forgot the name of it, but they do this thing where if your buyer wants to buy first and then sell, um, they can use this, this, this um, lender. And what they'll do is that they'll turn your lending offer into an all-cash offer. Uh, normally, they would charge a 1% fee on top, but then the mm -hmm. catch is that you got to use their lenders. That's how they kind of procure business. 
right? But the bad thing about that is that it would be a double escrow in order to do that. So for instance, let's suppose that I wanted to buy at 500,000, uh, but I was a 20% loan. So, but I have to sell my home in order for it to happen. Right. This, this company would basically say, okay, Doug, if you're gonna get the loan through us, um, we'll submit the offer for you to purchase it cash. And then once we buy it, that's one escrow fee that I have to close. Then what they'll do is they'll then sell the property to me for the 500 with their lender. So that way I can use my 20% financing and then I can close. Got so it. then I, but then the catch is I'd have to pay for two escrow fees. Two wouldn't escrow it make fees. more sense to try and get a bridge loan for the short time that it would take for you to. Yeah, you, you could do that too. I mean, there's point fees on the bridge loan too. So I understand that, but I mean, I think you have to look at what's, what's a less expensive cost yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah I, I still think that what, what I think would be better is listing the home on the market and then we have that. I guess get a feel for your buyer on how quickly they want to buy and how soon they can find what they want. And then when they list it, and then we can show like even though we're contingent or property is on the market. And if right. we have an accepted offer, as soon as the buyer removes all contingency, even though we're contingent, we're basically the same as any offer ready. And not only that, but we're more motivated since we just sold it. So we do want to buy. So, right. And then with the lender, they'll come in, they'll cross pre approve with the listing agent on the other property, make sure it's smooth, right. you know, and then hopefully, and I know you're really persuasive. You'll, you'll get them to, <laughs> to accept no, I, so just, all I these little that. things that we do for our buyers to, ensure that it's a smooth process, that it's, right. it looks like lockstep to them. Like, oh my gosh, Stacy made it look so oh, simple. Oh my God. But they, they don't realize how, how hard it is, like all the little things we do, right? Well, it's so funny because I have, I have like my very first clients ever, my very first buyers, they contacted me, they're like, okay, we're thinking about getting ready to sell. And mm -hmm. then winter time, and they're like, okay, this is what we wanna buy. So we started looking, but they, they're like, well, first of all, they weren't totally sure what they were going to do if they wanted to, they wanted to do some work on the condo and then buy. So I'm like, okay, we'll talk to the lender first and see what you're pre-approved for. And then, and then it was, okay, should we, should we, do we need to sell? Do we not need to sell? I'm like, we'll talk to the lender and see if you absolutely need to sell. And they didn't need need to sell in order to buy, but if they sold, then they'd be able to put more down. Yeah. And that's the PMI. So we found a place much quicker than they thought they would, and they wanted to put it contingent, but we hadn't even listed. So I'm like, okay, we're going to put it on, like, compass coming soon, tonight. And they're like, we are? I'm like, yes. And so we did, and they're like, holy, sh you know, like, we have so much stuff to do. I'm like, well, too bad. We're just doing it. No pictures, no nothing. We're throwing it up there. We priced it. We did all this stuff. And we got it under contract really quickly. We didn't okay. get that first house, but we, like, got another one once we were under contract. But, like, it happened so quickly. They were totally shocked. And they didn't end up having to do any work. We That's just awesome. reduced the price. Look at that. Look yeah. at that. Great job. I mean, but yes. they were not expecting it to happen as quickly as it did. Yeah. I'm like, it, it, that's the market. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I, I think in LA, you know, it's, I know that there's always a lot of noise out there, but my simple thing has always been, you know what, it's in LA, it's always the right time to buy and it's not always the right time to sell. Because if you take a look at anyone that's owned real estate here in LA since 1800 or whatever, they still own it. They're all millionaires. Uh, I, so I, I've distilled it to one simple thing, which is like, you know, there's a lot of noise, interest rates up and down, blah, 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 inflation and yada, yada layoffs. But the bottom line is this, is that as long as you can commit to that monthly payment and a hell over high water, you're going to, you're going to hit it. Then you know what, you're going to hold on to it long enough that eventually, even if the market tanks by 20%, you'll hold on to it long enough. It's going to come back. And in LA specifically, you know, we're entertainment capital of the world. So that's never going to change. We got beautiful weather, pretty people. Everyone's going to want to be here. And that, Unless a meteor happens and destroys half of the LA and contaminates it in the Chernobyl, like there's not going to be an exodus. So people are always going to want to be here. It's just true. Yeah. So, so, but right now, uh, you said, you know, um, entertainment capital of the world with the strike, the writer's strike. Yeah. yeah. I mean, has that impacted you guys? You know, that I'm not sure. Um, I'd really have to check and pull stats on that. But, I mean, it's kind of like, for me, my understanding of real estate is that real estate's dependent a lot upon jobs. You know, why is it that L.A. real estate, San Francisco real estate, and New York real estate is so much more expensive than Detroit, Michigan? My understanding has been, well, New York's the headquarters of finance. It's never going to change. And they get paid a lot, so they want to be close to work, so they get pre-approved for more, and they bid up the prices. Right. Same with the Bay Area. It's the headquarters of tech. Right. So you know what? The VCs give them money. They pay the employees. Same thing. They bid it up. Right. In L.A., there's a lot of money floating around that people want to be here. Right. Detroit, Michigan, I mean, they got an employment base, too, but most of the people there are factory lines, right. forty right. to 80000 yeah. They're pre-approved up to, what, two hundred, three hundred. So in 2008, when they were closing up those factories – then they had no job, so they had to relocate. That's why the supply went up and then yeah. prices dropped. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I think that no matter when, that brings me to, like you, like we always talk about, when it's location, location, location. That's why, you know, you're really buying the area. That's what you're Correct. really buying. That, that's what you're, so. No, but what's, I mean, so everyone's like, well, you know, with the riots and COVID and everything, People did not exodus Chicago That's as right. much as they said they were going to. Yeah. I mean, people still live in the city. That's and right. what's so interesting is, you know, there's people are still working downtown. Mm-hmm. And um, baby boomers, there are baby boomers that are selling their homes, not as many as we would like, but there are baby boomers that are selling their homes in the suburbs and are moving into condos along Lakeshore Drive and, you know, and retiring in the city. They may still have their snowbird place in Florida or Arizona or somewhere warm, but they sell condos in the city. Right. So people still live in the city as much yeah. as everyone said they were going to. And oh, my yeah. brother lives in New York City and people still live there. Yep. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is, look, Chicago is still a metro city. There's still plenty of jobs there. People are still going to want to be gainfully employed. And, yeah. yeah, there may be homeless problems or other crime issues, but that's any city. Exactly. At least, at least you're in a major metro city. You've got more options and activities to do, better quality of life. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd, yeah. I'd rather be there. So. Yeah, well, so. I'll have to come and visit. I well, see you. See you on the L. <laughs> Deep dish pizza. Deep dish pizza. Cubs game. We'll go to a Cubs Dodgers game. Yes, tip to everybody that has not been. Uh, make sure you get the tickets online before. I, I checked. Uh huh. I have season tickets. Oh my gosh! Even better. Yeah. That's because here's the learning lesson. Unless you have season tickets, like Stacy, and that's what's. The big thing that you have is that I made the mistake of seeing, hey, the Cubs aren't doing too well. I'm just going to get tickets there. Only to find out when I got there, they are the lovable losers. And tickets were four times as much to get in. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I had to wait at the McDonald's. I think they tore it down. <laughs> until the middle of the third inning. And then go back to the scalper and still pay only double to get in the game. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> so funny. Just, and there's, I, I wanted to go back there, eat. I heard it's all you can eat if you watch from the top of the apartment complex. Every, I mean, nosebleed out in the field on top yeah. of, oh, man, I want to go there. Every spot. I, Wrigley is just one, one of those places that you want to just. Yeah. You want to be there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But so come I'm, on down. Yes. I will, I will do that. So we will see what happens here. All right. So, sounds good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Doug, thank you for um, spending some time and chatting. I know it's been a long time. Yeah. 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 Hey, my heart goes out to you. Thank and, you. you know, I'm sorry to hear about what's happening. But, you know. Thank you. Yeah. Let me know you. what I can do to support you. I appreciate that. I really do. That is one of the great things about Compass. Mm -hmm. We have we have friends and family all over the country. And yeah. I appreciate the love. No worries. Yeah. And then, yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. I really enjoyed this. Anytime, just let me know. Thank you. Okay. Have a great afternoon, and I will talk to you soon. Okay. Sounds great. Bye. Have a great day. Bye.